What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Healthspin Academy. I'm your host, Craig Shearhart, and joining me today is Matt Torres, who is a coach of some high-level athletes. He started with a bachelor's uh, from Central Michigan University, where he played some varsity football as a wide receiver. He worked a couple of years as a sales manager and then pretty much went into to fitness full-time. He's been co-owner and head coach of North Naples CrossFit since 2013. The past four years, he's been head coach at Brute Strength Training, uh, and he's trained some high-level athletes, including some games athletes, Dallin Pepper, Phil Toon, Fisa Gaffey, Emma Carey, and James Sprague. So today is all about how Matt makes people super fit. Matt, thanks so much for joining me today, man. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to get this thing going. Likewise, man. So I want to start this off with uh, how things started. So you were a football player kind of in, in college. Was that like your main jam growing up? Did you play a mix of sports or what did athletics look like in your household? Definitely, man. Uh, you know, I, I had a had a lot of sports. So baseball was the first sport. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. What position? Yeah, yeah. I was a pitcher, like a, a southpaw. And yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. I went like, I had some offers at college, but ended up going in a different direction. But yeah, it's kind of as far as it went. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, man, when I was in high school, you know, I decided stick with football, uh, basketball and track. Right? Nice. A lot of, a lot of explosive sports there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I had a love to, uh, the progress of improvement. Yeah. Um, and I, I was surrounded by a lot of great coaches during that time nice. that, uh, influenced me positively. They coached me positively. Um, and it basically felt like I didn't have a limit, uh, yeah. to my growth. Yeah. So, you know, that flourished. I was lucky enough to play, you know, college football at central Michigan. Nice. Um, and then from there, you know, I just. I got to love to, uh, help people. And like the most basic term is like, you know, you start to, you find, you find that you enjoy helping people and, mm. you know, I love sport. Um, I love every aspect of sport. Yeah. Um, you know, I can sit in front of my TV and watch any competition and I'll get hooked on it instantly. <laughs> um, awesome. and so, you know, so it's, it kind of flourished from there. One thing led into another and, you know, we're where we are today. I'm very fortunate to have the athletes that I have and be surrounded with, uh, with them every day and the coaches I have and my members at the gym and everything. And, Sweet. um, it just, it just flows very nicely on a day to day and week to week basis. Now. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about how CrossFit kind of came in your life. Was that was it like similar stuff you were doing in football training? Uh, was it like buddies on the team introduced you? How did you specifically get into the sport? You know, uh, on it actually started uh, when I finished my last season in football. Um, you know, I knew one thing: I didn't want to play any more football. You know, I was yeah. plagued with a lot of injuries during yeah. that time for many reasons. But yeah, the uh, the other thing was I was missing the competitive aspect and I yeah. didn't know where to get it from. I had a buddy mm -hmm. that reached out to me. and was like, Hey, you should definitely come by and try this. I feel like you'd be really good because you're strong. Right. Yeah. Naturally they thought I was strong just because I played football and, um, you know, I found CrossFit through them. Cool. Uh, and from there, you know, as I like to, I like to understand how things work. Yeah. Right. It's not when I watch something, I want to discover why it's working that way. You yeah. know, what makes it most efficient. Um, how can I, how can I make it better? Really? is like the other thing is, you know, from there, as you mentioned, you know, I was doing sales and as I was working out at this gym, I asked the owner, I'm like, how do I start a gym? Like, cause it looks <laughs> like you're doing, it looks like you're doing really, really well. You know, like yeah. you run classes very well. Like I love coming in here every day and I, we were lucky enough to, you know, have him show us the way to do it. And then from there, you know, we get into, um, you know, this motion, uh, where it's like, it goes from running a gym to, uh, being coached in the sport of, in, in the sport of CrossFit. Yeah. Um, and then naturally, you know, one thing leads into another and I keep that same mindset of just wanting to understand and wanting to learn and like never be complacent with the two of them. Yeah. Uh, and again, it's just kind of like, gracefully got me where i am today that's sweet man yeah uh lifelong learning that seems like the success commonality in most people that are that are doing well whatever their discipline is for so, sure yeah so when you got into crossfit did you was it like core crossfit programming did you dabble with crossfit football at all no no, no. uh 
you know, football and CrossFit, they're, they're like, at this point in time, I don't know how it is now, yeah. but they would butt heads. You know, it's like, mm. it's fairly difficult to get a, uh, a strength coach that is really, really good at getting a lot of uh, big name athletes yeah. uh, strong and fast and quick yeah. and, you know, being able to move fast for six to eight seconds at a time yeah. and then get a 45 second rest and repeat. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's not how CrossFit is, you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, the, uh, you know, having, having the two learning from football and, in CrossFit, it was, you know, it was a good, uh, learning period. It's like a, you know, big bell curve where it's yeah. like, okay, we got to squat to a certain depth now. Yeah. Uh, we got to be able to move, you know, 60 to 80% of our one rep max pretty consistently. And we have to be able to move. And this is the big thing is like breathe hard and then move a barbell. And that's where the two start to clash. Right. Is one discipline is, you know, 100% recovered, move quick. The other one is, you know, sometimes we're not always aerobically based. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, We we used to program a little crossing football, the John Welburn stuff back when that was a thing. Um, Oh, yeah. I do remember uh, that. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty cool. It was fun. It was like just kind of more power based and kind of more biased towards the the football stuff. Um, yeah, I was just curious about that. So so yeah, twenty fifteen, you kind of or twenty thirteen, I guess you opened the gym, started coaching. What are the biggest changes you'd say? Like if you could go back and visit Matt in twenty thirteen, what would you tell him about about coaching? Yeah, honestly, like I'm embarrassed with the way I used to do things. Oh. Like <laughs> honestly, man, like I look back at the. Uh, like my own technique and my own form. Yeah. And then also, you know, the way I used to say things. Uh, and so, well, the I guess was the so one new back then, I feel like everybody was pretty green. Like people, there were people just like literally figuring stuff up on the go. And, and yeah. So I yeah. feel like a lot of people are in that boat. For sure. You know, the one thing that I would tell myself would be, this is, um, it's not just throwing uh, you know, darts at a wall and choosing workouts that you think are fun um, yeah. or doing more and more volume and more and more intensity. Yeah. Yeah. It truly, it truly looks more like a normal uh, season of any sport. There's yeah. an off season, there's a yeah. post season, uh, there's a build up. there's a peak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, a, there's, uh, you know, cycles, macros and micro cycles built into there as well. Yeah. Um, and for the majority of time, when you're writing workouts for athletes, it doesn't look like they're doing CrossFit. Yeah. Right. And this yeah. is how you uh, progress better. And it's mm-hmm. how you create longevity in the sport for these athletes and you keep them healthy. Yeah. Um, and so if I could, if I could go back in time and tell myself that, that would be it. And I think that would help me as number one, an athlete when I was trying to do well in the sport of CrossFit. Yeah. And then number two, the coach. Um, when I was slowly trying to piece everything together. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's a similar story with just about everybody in the first find CrossFit is more is more. And I need to work out eight times a day and do what Rich does and all that stuff. Um, See, so I actually want to talk more about the season. I like that you brought that up. Um, But first I want to uh, talk about um, when you first start working with an athlete, what are those first conversations look like? What type of assessments are you doing programming? Uh, How do you start at what kind of optimal volume or how do you start to solve those, those kind of variables and then recovery? Just talk me through a bit of that, how that kind of starts out. For sure. So the assessment part is super important. Yeah. You know, if I, if I get an athlete, their age within the sport is important. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, whatever type of injuries or limitations they may have is also Mm -hmm. important. Uh, It starts off with a general assessment and then it goes in so many different routes, depending right. on those factors that I just mentioned. Yeah. With, you know, once we discover and what I do, it's, I think it's very basic. Uh, it's, we focus on their biggest priorities and yeah. what is their biggest obstacle in the way that's not allowing them to move on to the next step. So yeah. if it's an athlete that has done the CrossFit open and they haven't made it to quarterfinals, um, what are their limitations? If it's one that's from uh, quarterfinals and can't make it to semis, what's that? Mm. And so if we figure out the limitations and we prioritize those in their training, uh, first in their training, mm-hmm. when they're 
you know, they have the most energy, they have the most focus, you know, they're typically not um, starving at that time either, as far as like being hungry for yeah. food, right? Yeah. Um, we put the focus on that. And, uh, you know, from there, it's progressing them through. So an example would be like, you know, if an athlete needs to be strong, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to put their strength as number one and it's not going to be, they're not going to be doing strength under any fatigue at all. Right. Mm -hmm. So it allows their body to adapt to getting strong. Yeah. Super smart. Um, And then from there, I'm going to give them rest about two to three hours throughout the middle of the day. And then we can do their conditioning piece after. Now, if you take the opposite of that, an athlete that's a little bit more uh, anaerobically built. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're going to do conditioning in the morning time. So it's like, that is uh as basic as it can get but mm-hmm. that's where everything begins yeah um and then you you can't you have to be able to adjust on the fly yeah right so you know a lot of coaches have the ability to say i can get this athlete uh stronger yeah right here's the perfect linear template to do that yeah oftentimes with crossfit it can't really happen truly in the way that you write it out yeah. so you have to be able to say okay this adjustments need, need to be made it needs to be created yeah um you know in order to continue their progress moving right. forward there's always a trade-off you get those athletes who are just specialists right and then come with the crazy engine and just like their strength at what point do you decide they're strong enough right i guess that's kind of like what you're you kind of that game you're kind of constantly playing right yeah so yeah you, you decide when you know they're they've achieved that current level. So an example would be, uh, if I have an athlete that's an open level athlete and they're, I don't know, a male that's snatching 155 pounds. If they need to make it into quarterfinals, typically they need to be at like a 185 or higher. Yeah. Right. So it's all right. So your goal this year is to make it to quarterfinals. So your snatch needs to be a buck 85. Your, you know, your clean and jerk needs to be this your rowing capacity, you need to be able to have these skills, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say now they've entered into the quarterfinals and if they're snatching 185, specifically this year, they wouldn't mm-hmm. have been able to do event number five, yeah. which was row, burpee, box jump, and then 10 snatches at 185 for the yeah, middle. True. Um, so now it's like, okay, you want to make it into semis? You're going to have to snatch. It's going to be a pretty big jump, but you're going to have to snatch close to like 280 plus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no right. So this, right. So this is the next thing we need to work for. Yeah. And as we start to reach those, uh, those new goals, it becomes even more uh, like acute. Like yeah. an example would be, you know, we take an open level athlete and we say, you just got to, we, we got to get better at all these things. Mm-hmm. You take a games level athlete. And you say, we got to fix these holes. And it's usually like a couple of things like here and there. Yeah. So that we're performing better across the board. Mm -hmm. And we're having scores like on average within the top 15, the next year within the top 10, the following year within the top five in a perfect world. That's what we would hope for. Yeah. I love that. Very cool. So you talked a little bit about uh, training splits in the day and training volume. Uh, is that always the case? Do you always give a bit of a midday break, maybe mobility recovery, eat, or how much of their day is like written out for them from you? Yeah. It depends who the person is. Yeah. So if, if you have someone that, you know, let's say it's a teen athlete, they typically have school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so majority of the time, they're only going to do one training session per day. Yeah. School plus responsibilities with the family and then yeah. whatever extracurricular that they're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, if you know, if it's someone that's no longer in school and so they have a job, uh, now we have to account for that. Mm-hmm. Right. So in that scenario, it's typically one session. And mm-hmm. as a coach, we have to be able to be uh listening to the results that they're yeah. putting inside of their training. Mm-hmm. So we got to hear things like, uh, I barely had time to finish this. Yeah. And so I had to pick and choose one or the other. And right. if there's a consistency in that, then it's like, okay, Get let's go. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, if they're like, if they're like reaching out to you and they're like, Hey, uh, you know, I've got more time in my day. Is mm-hmm. there any areas that I can start to improve upon? Perfect. Let's add another session into it. Yeah. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, it's like, you got to see in their notes as well. If they're saying things like, I'm exhausted, I'm mm-hmm. starving while I'm training, 
um, I, it was so hard for me to pull myself out of bed and get myself in the gym. Like I have like zero energy to get things done. Mm-hmm. There's probably a much deeper underlying issue in yeah. there as far as like some sort of fatigue getting kicked in. Yeah. Uh, but then you just got to be able to adjust and ask the appropriate questions. Of right. course, like send them the right you know, place one, if they need it. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then you decide what volume they need and what volume they don't. Yeah. Love that. So when you, you talk about programming and adjustments, stuff like that, how much of the programming is like core to brute strength and how much is individualized or is it all individualized? There's a kind of a mix between the two. So when it comes to my programming and the one-on-one programming with brute, so the individualized remote programming, Mm -hmm. uh, it's all created by that coach specifically. So what I do and what coach Dom does, coach DC, coach L, Dex, Mm -hmm. Joey, everyone on staff, um, it's all up to them. Okay. Um, you know, and then there's the other side of brute that has the template stuff where it's right. like that's similar to like, you know, mayhem templated and yeah. like comp train yeah. and proven and all that. Yeah. Fair enough. So pretty much everybody you work with has got their whole program customized start to finish. By the coach. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so and then and then it's up to that coach to uh program the way they see fit. Yeah. You know, uh for some coaches, and I actually I had this conversation with uh, Ben Bergeron. And he was like, you know, sometimes I don't program for my athletes until the morning of. And he's <laughs> like, I come to realize that I need specific data points and mm. specific questions to be answered to yeah. know that what I'm about to write in, um, it's going to work for them on be... a given day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's smart. It sounds like outside's perspective, it sounds lazy, but it's actually super smart. Just take as much data as you have right up to the minute. I think that's 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 really smart. And it's also like I think there's a bit of like uh competition prep value to that too, because you're not gonna know all the events going into to game day. So it's almost better if they're like not thinking in the back of their mind, how am I gonna strategize this? You kind of make them adapt. Uh, I love that. Um so let's talk a bit about the nutrition piece. I, I know you um you you've you said you mentioned you kind of um your athletes have specific coaches, uh, and your, your priority is kind of like, where's their weight off season versus in season. Um, do, is, are they left to find their own coaches? Do, are they working with, with partners and brute strength or, or what is that? What do those relationships look like? You know, for, for most of my athletes and I've been working with them for the majority of them since they're like 15 and 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, I tell them from day one, you know, if you're really serious about this, Nutrition is what's going to get you leaps and bounds over the competition. Yeah. Um, because, you know, four years, and that was this talk at the time, three to four years from now, when you're going against professionals that are doing this for their career, mm-hmm. uh, all of them are doing it. Yeah. Right. It's Just like those, those 1% gains, right? Just as many you have, as you can Yeah. You got, it, you got to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, so when it comes to that, I always recommend that they, find a, uh, a company to work with, yeah. um, or, you know, or, or a coach that they trust to, uh, to help with their nutrition. Mm-hmm. As far as the, um, you know, their body weight goes throughout the season. Uh, it's not too concerning to me when there's no competitions, uh, within like six months. Yeah. Um, the, what I am asking them at that time and they're, they, I'm just asking the questions. It's like, you know, how do you feel? Um, you know, where do you feel like your strength is at this time? Mm-hmm. Uh, aerobically, and this is really the big thing: is the uh, the body weight will affect their uh, their aerobic and their um, their Some endurance. Gymnastics. Yeah, true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, if I see an athlete moving a little bit um, slower than the competition, honestly, is really what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start to talk to them to see if this is something that we can start to try to practice on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, here's an example. Um, Last year, uh, Dallin was doing the the open, and I think like six weeks, six to eight weeks before that, I was having a conversation with him. I think he weighed like two twenty, maybe two twenty five at that time, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Hey, man, uh, I want to see us improve in our results in the open, mm-hmm. so that we know like the open is we're no longer just like a games athlete, right?" And it's like. We want to be really good in the open. We yeah. want to be really good at quarters and semis and so on. Yeah. Uh, and so we said, let's find 
have a conversation with nutritionist. Let's find a plan where we can slowly dial it down so that mm-hmm. when we're coming into the open, we're lighter, we're quicker, we're more aerobic. Cause that's really what the open is, you know, yeah. and he, his strength, his strength capacity is there. Yeah. And that's what we, that's what we, we did. And he had his best open finish yet. He had a really strong uh, quarterfinal finish and a good enough, um, quarterfinal finish to get him into a uh, semi. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he had a really good semifinal last yeah, year, you know, his, yeah. you know, his first time getting six. Yeah. And so it's that example that I use with all mm-hmm. of my athletes, yeah. um, especially when it becomes like working on the tiny, tiny details so that, that they get the best uh, performance, you know, the best yeah. showcase of their fitness when they need yeah. it the most. Yeah. I love that. So then generally you're trying to see them their leanest at the CrossFit games. If that's like their, the peak of their season, is that the the goal? Yeah. I don't know if leanest is kind of what we look for. Um, you know, cause one athlete could be holding X amount of body fat percentage and they're using that specific energy, uh, very well. Well, another right. body fat, like if, you know, I think of, you know, you see one, like, I always think of, uh, what's that guy? And Noah Olson. Yeah. Like he looks like he's like chiseled from, yeah. you know, shredded and, you know, and it's like, if that works for him, great. But then you yeah. think of like another athlete, whatever you put a name on it yeah, and you're like, dude, do you actually work out? Like, how did you make, <laughs> like, you look like this at the CrossFit game. So true. And it's yeah. like, I I'm mean, this person on the, on the floor. You know, yeah. it's yeah, it's like, well, they they are at like the pinnacle of fitness yeah. right now. So Those it's like, like maybe the, the, that is the under the radar assassins. Everyone's like got to be afraid of. They're like, man, that's this guy. This guy's got something going on. The rest of us haven't figured out or something. Yeah, yeah. man. That's you know, crazy. so it's it's really it's up to that that athlete and their coach to discover. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, my conversations might be a little bit different than they have with their coach, but yeah. You know, they'll discover and they'll figure it out. But yeah. I hope they don't. Honestly, yeah. I hope they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Cool. Is it a similar approach with mobility? Are you are you programming that for them specifically? Is that more something they they feel out or are they paired with one of the the apps that uh, yeah, you guys partnered with anybody like that? Or what does the mobility recovery piece look like for your athletes? Yeah. So for the majority of my high-level athletes, and I guess all of them, um, they use an app that they work on mobility. Um, we also have, so my sister, uh, Nicole also works with all my athletes as well. She's mm-hmm. a physical therapist here in town. Oh, nice. Um, and she's been working with them since like, you know, since day one. Yeah. Um, so she's constantly in contact with them. She's there with us in the gym. Yeah. Um, you know, I even had like today I was watching one of our athletes do, a, you know, pretty high, uh, percentage push press. Mm. And it was just like one arm was just a little bit leading before. Yeah. And I was like, Hey, Nicole, come on here. And I was like, watch from the back. And, you know, we're watching him do his lift. And I was like, what do you think I need to do in order to test this in order to, to strengthen this? And she was like, Oh, well you should probably do like a, you know, build up to eight RM on left arm with a dumbbell and then do it mm. on the, the weaker arm second. Yeah. Um, the and then, yeah. And yeah. then let's start to work on um, creating more balance. So it all like mobility is good, man. But I definitely think like marketing takes advantage of people. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah. sometimes it's not mobility. Sometimes it's strength and position. Mm-hmm. Um, True. you know, it's like, obviously you gotta be able to like, there's a difference between like mobility and flexibility and then strength sure. and position. It's like, yeah. you gotta be able to know yeah. them all yeah. and have the person the correct person in place to say, okay, this is what we need to work on. Yeah. It's true. And it's tough to get all that from an app too. I think I know they're getting smarter, but I don't know if yeah. they'll ever replace a human set of no. eyes on it. I um, hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, that'd be scary. <laughs> Coach, they're all they're all robot coaches across the board. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about that mental piece, Matt. Do you how much advice do you typically give an athlete heading into a competition, even the days leading up to it? Do you do you have mobility routines, visualization, breath work, that those kind of pieces, or is that is that kind of left to their own? Uh, you know, it's understanding the athlete and mm. knowing knowing what's gonna the words that you say is gonna affect them a certain way. So it's gonna right. create it's gonna create a narrative in their mind yeah. that they'll either 
be a hundred percent behind and believe, and it'll, mm. you know, bring their confidence in their headspace up to like the highest level for game day. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, or they, they won't trust you and they won't believe you. And typically mm. that, that happens with like newer athletes, right? Yeah. They got to find um, out the hard way. Yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you this much. It's like, I have somewhat of different conversations with all of my athletes. Mm. Like, you know, the way I talk to Phil is different than the way I talk to James. It's different mm-hmm. than the way I talk to Emma and yeah. B. Um, and then in some cases, like a couple of my athletes, they're somewhat of the same people. Yeah. Like, just got to know what the triggers talk- are. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. It's like, you got to know what it is. But as mm-hmm. far as like what any athlete can do to, in order to improve their performances, like imagery is huge. Yeah. Um, you know, imagery and walking them through. So, this is what I'll do with a lot of my athletes mm-hmm. in the warm up area before they're about to step on is, you know, we, we talk about the event briefly and I'm just like, walk me through your macro thoughts and there should mm-hmm. only be like one to three at most. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, okay, uh, when I'm going through here, I'm going to stick to this, uh, yeah. reps game because I know I have this coming yeah. and I'm I have to consider that in the future. What is yeah. this going to do to that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to be fast in this, mm-hmm. um, you know, so I can, it gives me a little bit more time on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to make sure that my reps are looking like this. So I'm not getting, cause in this scenario, like for this one, you know, my, the, a no rep could be pretty detrimental. Yeah. So, you know, we walk through that and I'm like, perfect. Yeah. Uh, let's get out there and do the thing, you know? Yeah. And then on the flip side of that, what do you tell an athlete? immediately following an event, whether it's a good event for them or whether it's a bad event for them. Mm. Um, and that's where it's different across the board. It's like, yeah. I'll, I'll always say this to my athletes and it doesn't matter who it is, is yeah. when they have a bad event and it happens frequently, um, you know, I want them to win the game of, uh, forgetting and focusing on the next thing. Yeah. Because for the majority of athletes, it's not going to be, they're, they're not going to be like, yes, this is the best finish I ever had. Unless it's one that like a top three, right? So yeah. majority, the remaining like 30, 37 or, you know, 27 athletes that are in yeah. that week. Uh, but if you can put focus already on recovery, right? So jumping on a bike, yeah. you, gotta, you know, you need to be off of your feet, getting back mm. to the hotel, changing out of your clothes, putting on something, you know, clean. Yeah. Uh, you know, focus imagery on the next event. Mm-hmm. Uh, what time are we going to meet up? If you got to get your body worker to come in beforehand, if you're going to be eating something before, which you probably should, yeah. uh, what is that going to look like? How much time is it going to be? So if they're dwelling on the things that they, uh, you know, that were terrible in that event, those six things I mentioned are probably not getting the attention they need yeah, in true. which turn it's like, they're not going to get the focus and the attention to detail right. that they need going to the next event. Yeah. Um, and that's typically what I'll tell all my athletes um, when they're coming off an, an event that, you know, they're not too happy about. Yeah. I love that. I, I reminds me of Steph Curry and going over, over nine from three and just like, just acting like that day never happened, just short-term memories. And so that it's just totally yeah. fresh the next event. Yeah. So obviously or reflecting even, on it right after the event, that's not going to help. Yeah. The next event. And that, and that's the big thing, man, is I tell them, look, we will have a review and reflection of this entire thing. Let's yeah. not focus too much on it right now. But I like human nature, you though. You you instinctually, at least, especially if you're analytical, every part of you wants to analyze it. You just have to just block yourself from doing it because it's just real. There's no good outcome from that. So definitely, uh, yeah, that's definitely. that's awesome. Yeah, cool. Um, you mentioned training uh, teen athletes, and I, I've trained a bunch myself, and I it's it blows my mind just because they're growing and how quickly they respond and, and like their strength just happens like instantly, just whatever you give them, they just seem to like, compared to like a 25 or 30 year old, their stuff happens so fast. So what kind of special considerations? And I remember years ago, there was like all these, like, uh, I think the doctor ran around training teen athletes or, uh, around certain ages, growth plates and all this stuff. And I think it's slightly changed. Um, what kind of considerations do you make specifically when dealing with programming with chains uh, teens and their and their kind of joint development in those pieces? Yeah, well, I think you're spot on. Uh, I can tell you the biggest problem with teenagers right now that it took me about five years to discover. Um, once a teenager 
discovers a new skill, a difficult skill, they leave the one behind. Mm. Uh, so yeah. an example of this is once a teenager figures out how to do a kipping pull-up, they'll no longer do strict pull-ups. Right. When they figure out how to do butterfly pull-ups, it doesn't matter how terrible the movement is, they never will do kipping pull-ups again because yeah. all they care about is reps and finishing at this time and yeah. like accumulating all this mess. And it's like they can finally do this skill. Yeah. And what ends up happening is they start they start to build a uh, a foundation, like a very shoddy foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like yeah. and and then on top of that, you leave a teen to do what they want to do and they're gonna destroy their body, not when they're a teenager, because they can bounce back, as you mentioned. True. But yeah, you know, if they want to take the sport serious at the age of, you know, 18, 19, and 20, they literally have to rebuild everything. Yeah. Or they're already dealing with some nagging issues, knees, yeah, exactly. ankles, shoulders, something. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, now, now thinking of back, how I would work with teenagers today would be to make sure that they have a strong foundation. Yeah. I don't need, I don't need my athletes even today. Like I'll program kipping pull-ups and kipping chest of bar pull-ups for my athletes, mm-hmm. uh, for many reasons, but one would be to develop grip strength. Yeah. It's like you have these teenagers that, you know, their grip is weak. Um, mm. it's like, well, you know, you don't get grip fatigue from doing butterfly pull-ups. Yeah, you know? true. Lat lat fatigue, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but there's something special about a kipping pull-up that will help develop number one, grip strength, yeah. but number two, shoulder strength. Because when you're pushing away, mm. you have to show control right. within the shoulder yeah. in order to be able to move. And when you're doing your butterfly pull-up, it's like like we've seen this time and time again it's like yeah i'm looking at like a teenager that it looks so terrible to watch him do a butterfly pull up it's like i don't know how to you know those you know those uh car dealership things that kind of like with (laughs) air they like the air and it kind of like makes them float around yeah like that's what it looks like to watch some of these teenagers do uh butterfly pull-ups i'm like i can't i can't look at this yeah uh And it's like, you know, uh, that like the transfer energy is just going all over the place, but it's a big giraffe. Yeah. And so the reason, I think the reason why for, for me, it's been so easy to develop strength from a teen is, uh, I like to do it in a unilateral sense, right? Right. So Mm -hmm. single leg, single arm, um, tempoing them down. Yeah. 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 You know, I want to build, I want them to build strength and position, Mm -hmm. you know, and this has more to do with like, uh, cleans and snatches. Um, so I'm doing a ton of tempo with them at all times. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then I'm managing their volume. So I get teens reaching out to me that I coach all the, I can't even tell you how many times like James has done this to me and Dallin as well. I mean, like Emma, like all these teenagers. Uh, and now, those are the ones that we know currently like in the space I'm in right now, but I've coached like hundreds of teenagers and it was mm-hmm. all the same combo. Yeah. Can I get more volume? Can I get more programming? <laughs> yeah. And like, if I wasn't confident with what I was doing, I would give in, you yeah. know? Yeah. But I understand at this point in time, I'm talking to a 16, 17, 15 year old. Mm-hmm. It's like, of course they're going to want more volume. They have all the energy in the world. They probably they feel pain yet. butter. Yeah, they yeah. probably ate like two PB and J's all day and can like work out for 17 hours. It's like, but I'm so not going to sit here and I'm not going to have that conversation with them. Yeah. It's to me, it's going to be like this. And this is what I respond back. It goes, I'm not concerned about the amount of volume you get in today. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's talk about the longevity of the sport. Yeah. I want you doing this until you're 32, 33 as a yeah. professional. That's like, uh, and that's like ancient to a 16 year old. I know. Say. Right. And it's like, <laughs> it's like 16 you know, years away, man. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's so much, it's so much easier to explain that to teenagers now that, you know, my teens are now 20 uh, years old, 19 yeah. years old. Yeah. Uh, but back when like those guys were young, 15, 16 year olds, I, I was like, dude, you got to just trust me on this one. Yeah. Like you just yeah. trust me on this one. Now it's like, it's why you had a coach. This, yeah. I'm yeah. like, well, this is what James Dallin and Emma did and yeah. look where they're at. And they're like, yeah. okay, all yeah. right, I'll do that. That definitely helps the conversation work in your favor. <laughs> For sure. See these guys For are just sure. qualified here. Yeah. This is what they did. Yeah. I love that. 
Um, let's talk a little bit about the, you, you kind of alluded to the season, the off season. And I think there, there seems to be more of an off season coming. And I think that's a lot, what a lot of the, co- the games coaches I've talked to, it's like, they'd like to see it operate similar to like other sports where there is a proper off season for recovery. And you still have kind of like the, some of the big events like Wadapalooza and, and, uh, Dubai stuff kind of like stuck right when the quote unquote off season would be. How close do you think we are to an ideal CrossFit season format? And if, and if you could, if you had, if you had the keys, if you're given the keys to whoever the C, new CEO of CrossFit is, uh, how, what changes do you make to it? Uh, you know, I would, I think, I think it goes so far beyond what we think it is from an outsider looking at it. Like, mm-hmm. um, I just want to see consistency in the season, whatever they decide on, if, you know, if they move the um, the CrossFit Games to the winter time, and they decide on a location in the south uh, for the CrossFit Games, mm-hmm. fine. Let's just keep it there. Yeah, you know, let's keep it in the winter time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they keep it where it's plugged in right now, fine. Because then, then it allows uh, these other events to come in and say, okay, where do we think we can get the most high level athlete? Yeah, right. Because mm-hmm. right now, you know, I really enjoyed Rogue. Um, yeah. but you know, I don't know if two months off of, you know, one of the most grueling weeks of their life is enough. Yeah. Um, you, just have to you know, keep, keep sweetening the pot. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, in other, in other cases, man, athletes get banged up at the games, man. Like, yeah, for sure. Like they are, they are hobbling out. It's rare that you see an athlete come into the cross the games and they leave and they're like, I'm just general, generally sore. Yeah. Right. Something has been going on. Yeah. Uh, and so what ends up happening is those athletes that you want to have at the next competition may not show up, but, yeah, true. you know, to answer your question in short, um, you know, keep the season the same. If we're deciding to do it this way, semis quarters, um, you know, or quarter semis games, keep it the same. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, I would, I would really like to find a system in place where it allows these athletes to do multiple competitions, like mm-hmm. three or so within the year and not have to worry about gearing up for the open, not have to worry about doing quarters. Cause now what we're starting to see is like, we're starting to see the same athletes like finish so far ahead of everybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, why should they be like, why do these athletes need to be doing the open to let the whole world feel like they're included in yeah. on this? Yeah. It's like, I could be utilizing that time for something so much more beneficial. Yeah. Um, true. Or, you know, if an athlete wanted to do another event leading into it, they could do that event and still have, you know, a month and a half before yeah. quarters. True. Like, I yeah. think there needs to be something in, in, in place where it's like, I don't know if you made it to the CrossFit games, you don't need to do the open. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know what it needs to be, but it's like, why even let them do this? Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a, it's a delicate balance. You have the business hat piece, you have the, you know, the whole inclusive piece messaging and that stuff. And it's, uh, it's, everything's a compromise, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. so Things were different, I guess, about a year ago when you had Castro programming and everything. Um, and now the languaging seems to be it's more of a collective programming and they seem a little bit uh, black box and how that's working or who, who even is doing the programming these days. Um, what What's your take on that and, and your take on, on Castro coming back into the fold? Mm-hmm. You know, I like it when it's... Um, before I say that, uh, it doesn't matter to me. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't matter to my athletes, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if this is the way the programming is going to be, we're going to prepare for it. You know, yeah. if we come into a uh, competition or we got up to an event and we're not prepared for it, we go, oh, well, great. Now we got something that we got to get better before the next competition. Yeah. Uh, but coming back now, I do think it's a better idea to have, and I'm sure uh, Dave did this before in the past. We just don't know. I, I think maybe. Um it's nice to have other people chime in yeah. and you can decide to take their considerations or, you know, completely avoid. But yeah. I guess this is the way, this is the way I like to work is the more questions people ask me, the better, right? Sure. Because if I don't have an appropriate answer for them, I'll be straight up with them and be like, I truly don't know. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I, now I got to go figure it out when it comes to programming, you know, 
I hope I would understand why I'm doing it because <laughs> if the question yeah. does get asked to me by one of my athletes, yeah. I'm more than happy to explain it to them. So it helps them have a deeper understanding and knowledge of it. So, yeah. you know, uh, if whomever is doing it or whatever team is doing the programming, um, you know, as long as they have like a good purpose behind it, like, in, you know, the, the first year of um, the cuts, mm-hmm. right? I don't think there was enough questions being asked with Leading the into programming it, yeah. yeah, where it's like, well, we've only tested this small piece of, uh, you know, um, fitness yeah, and we're going to cut people already. And like, and then now you get to get all this other test of fitness. Yeah. You know, but that was a good learning lesson because I'll tell you what the year, not 2020, but last year we got a broader range it's true. and it got extended out just a little bit more. So the necessary yeah. changes were made. Uh, I would just, you know, uh, when you're bringing athletes to do the absolute best, you want to have all those questions answered. Like you want to have as minimum amount of questions being asked in the heat of things True. at the CrossFit games. And like, yeah. you don't want to have people doubting and like questioning things, but mm-hmm. you know, the more, the more things you can minimize, the better. So, you yeah, know. I agree. The cuts is such an interesting thing, right? Cause I think, wasn't there a year where Froning was like 30th after day one or something or something like insane for him? Like he would have been cut if that's what the, the, which is just it's wild to think about those kind of things right yeah yeah i like i personally man i like the cuts because it's like um you know let's say let's say we let 40 athletes make it to the end like traditionally how it was or 30 i don't know like they yeah. used to do a cut and it was just yeah. only like 30 or something mm-hmm. uh we need as a sport and as a company we need a bigger audience yeah like that's the only way that we can bring more money into the sport and then mm-hmm. we can pay these athletes more money. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're sitting outside of the top 20 and in some cases near the end of the week, outside of the top 10, people are not viewing that, you know, it's That's like, true. That's so true. It, yeah. You know, and it's not, I don't feel bad for saying that, you know, it's like, look at all these, look at golf, right. It's That's like, true. Look, at, yeah. look at the cuts they're taking. Right. Um, and then at the very end, we're watching what maybe like, uh, at most, uh, two, uh, three pairings. So six mm. total people at the end. Yeah. You think I, you think we care about who's placing 35th Yeah. because the cameras are not on them. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> imagine the uproar of the, like, if you think of golf, imagine the uproar that would take place. They're like, well, we got to watch these, you know, the people outside of the top 30. And they're like, what do you mean? Like, I want to watch the the top six go, Yeah. you know, <laughs> or, or whoever is like so making true. the run at the end of the day. And it's like, I don't feel bad. It's like, it's a, you know, it's a sport. You're going to lose. Someone's Mm got to lose. Uh, And then it's a business. Someone's got to get paid. And here's the thing is like for the sport of CrossFit and for the business of CrossFit, um, how are they going to package this thing? Mm -hmm. And how are they going to sell it to advertisers? How are they going to sell it to media companies that should be coming on? Because like any other sport, advertisement and media companies is what's pulling all the money in. And if we want these athletes especially, and I feel for my, my athletes right now, it's like, I want them to retire and not have to do things. They're going to do things because they want to do the things. It's like, if they want to program for people do it because they want to, not because that's the next natural thing. It's like, this person retires, but follow my programming. It's like, you know, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of where it's at right now. And that's the thought, you know, and it all comes together, man. It's like, when I think of longevity, it's not just like injury free. It's like, I need to get them paid, you know? Um, you know, not only is that to be, to create winners, um, but I need them to be healthy so they can be doing this for a long time. Um, because you know, hopefully, and I really like the the direction that they're trying to go in CrossFit. Mm -hmm. They're putting focus and emphasis back in the sport. Not just look, the affiliates need it as well. And that's what Castro's doing now. Like, that's true. Welcome back, Dave. You're doing what you wanted to do as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we still need the sport to have uh, the emphasis that it's having right now. And it's like, I really look, I love that Monster as a major sponsor. Uh, Are these athletes drinking Monster? Majority of them? No. It's like they they put water in the drinks. Yeah. Um, But Again, it's what I can tell you right now. The fans are drinking Monster. Yeah. The fans are consuming <laughs> alcohol. True. Like yeah. bring those bring those sponsors in. It doesn't have to be yeah. health all the time. It's like look, it's balance, guys. Money is bring money's it in. The lifeline bring- of any business. Get exactly. the money in however you exactly. can. Yeah, um, I love that. So 
between now and the games, how do things change for you personally, for, for you and kind of how you're interacting with your athletes? Do you interact more? Are you more hands-on with the programming? Uh, what are the major things that, that change between now and then? Yeah. So right now for my athletes, it's uh, introducing just a little bit more volume, a yeah. little bit at a time. Um, you know, my, the, most of my athletes or I should say all of my athletes, they only do two sessions per day. Hmm. Um, you know, my games level athletes. So now we're introducing three session days. Okay. Um, you know, I'm in there for most of their double days. We're in, you know, when we're in normal training, I'm in there for like their first session. Mm-hmm. And a session, second session, it's totally up to them to get in there um, on their own and get it completed on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, you know, when I program it for priority, session one is their biggest priority yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, on top of that, we got to be hitting some of the things that we'll see at the CrossFit Games. Mm-hmm. So I'll still, I still have all my athletes doing their own progressions. Right. None of them have the same program, right? Yeah. Where they, they got to have their own separate program in order for them to uh, continue to improve upon their own given weaknesses and limiters. But so you move into more kind of odd objects, strongman pieces, that kind of stuff. More often than not. So I'll give you an example. Tomorrow um, I have four of my athletes. uh, We have a sports specific piece. So tomorrow morning uh, we're meeting at the beach. They're going to do a 400 yard swim, a two mile run, a 400 yard swim. Uh, Up until this point, they've been doing all their swimming by our swim coach inside of a pool. Right. Um, but it's very controlled. Like yeah. you can open water, nothing... a different animal. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so now it's sports specific. So yeah. now it's like, all right, guys, we get to do CrossFit stuff because mm-hmm. for the majority of the season, it doesn't look like CrossFit. It's all interval stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Based upon rest and, um, you know, um, reps that I'm controlling throughout the majority. So mm-hmm. we get more, uh, game stuff like, um, tall rope climbs, uh, long strapped ring muscle ups, um, you know, barbells on the field, mm. uh, you know, running outside. So there's probably not going to be any air runners. Right. Um, you know, but we've been doing so much air runner work that it's like, I'm fine if there is. Yeah. Now it's got to be running outside. It's got to yeah. be running in the middle of the day. Um, you know, we're combining, uh, you know, what you mentioned, odd object carry. So, mm-hmm. you know, yokes and farmers and sandbags and bring them up over things it's like we are introducing all those things and at the same time we're still progressing our athletes in their given weakness so for an example that is like in semis we see a couple things in there it's like we got to get better at this so we got seven weeks to progress this through Mm -hmm. until we get into the game yeah um and so they're all working on their own individualized progressions and at the Mm -hmm. same time getting introduced to some of the movements that we're going to be seeing at the cross the games yeah i love that very cool man um let's shift into matt's current health and fitness obviously as a coach you're getting pulled in multi-directions uh and there's different ways we can kind of prioritize our own health what's at the top of your list right now in terms of like your own wellness at this point what do your habits look like around that uh so the big thing for me is eat all my meals okay um you know as as a coach you know, I can easily get carried away with drinking too much coffee and being in front of a computer or being at the gym and, yeah. you know, skipping this and skipping that. Yeah. Uh, so number one priority is to eat my meals, you know, nice. breakfast, lunch, dinner. If I can get a protein shake here and there, great. Uh, nice. That's like, that's the easiest thing for me to make a change on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I don't have all the opportunities in the world to get a workout in. Uh, but if I could choose a perfect, uh, you know, scenario, I would be inside of my gym doing it with my class, you know, um, you know, I would much rather be, you know, at CrossFit Naples working out and like for one hour of my day, let someone coach me. Yeah. Um, you know, or, and this is the thing, man, is like, I love the, uh, the camaraderie of being in the gym and a group class. Yeah. So it reminds me so much of being in the football locker room again. Yeah. And I love that nostalgic <laughs> feeling. It's yeah, like, yeah. The trash dude, when we're, the, yeah. what man, when yeah. we're in the locker room, <laughs> it's just like, cause you're, you want to work out with your buddies anyway. So you're like, yeah. you're yeah. talking trash to your buddies. Yeah. And then the moment <laughs> the coach says three, two, one, go, I'm just like, zoop. Yeah. And then as soon as we're done, it's like, boom. And I'm yeah. like back to trash talking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And it's like, honestly, man, like I'm the, I'm the guy in class where it's like, 
you know, you put me in the locker, you put me in the uh, the gym, and I have to stop myself from talking when the coaches are talking. So I'm yeah. just having so much fun. It's like, you know, it's just that that's just that's just yeah. me and who I am. Um, yeah. But yeah, there is that, and then uh, the last little piece here is uh, sleep. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. sometimes where you just know it's like like any other business man. It's like tomorrow, like I I look at it, I'm like I'm not gonna be getting a lot of sleep tonight, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just, that's just how it is. You know, yeah. it's just how it is. And, you know, on, um, the, uh, you know, the next day I can try to, you know, maybe the, during, during the day I can plan out a little nap here and there, but there is that, I guess, you know what, the last piece would be, this is balance. Okay. Um, yeah, you got it. Like for me, man, I have to have balance in my life. Yeah. Um, because I tricky. can, I can get so consumed in this because it's so effortless to work. Yeah. Um, that I get consumed in it. So mm. one thing that I do is I tell my athletes during, during the regular time, it's a little different right now, but my weekend is my weekend. Mm. Like only get a hold of me. If you absolutely are like, yeah. you know, are about to die and yeah. you need me to like come save you. Yeah. Um, you know, and for the most part, they respect that. And, uh, and I respect them for that. Awesome. Um, but it's like the only way I can come back in on Monday and give my absolute best is if I have mat time and it's like, and not like, and again, because look, I can be sitting at uh, a bar talking about CrossFit and all of a sudden my mind switches and I'm yeah. like, you know, like calculating everything and everything's yeah, yeah, coming yeah. out. I'm like, no, yeah, I'm not yeah. doing CrossFit. I'm not yeah. having this combo. Yeah. I love that. Very cool, man. Well, this has been an unreal chatter. Appreciate the time, Matt. What's the best place for people to, to link up with your content? Yeah, man. Uh, so Instagram is going to be the easiest way. Okay. Uh, my handle is Hey Coach Matt. I've switched that thing over about fourteen times, but I think I'm going to stick with this one <laughs> nice. for uh, for a longer time. Um, you know, I always tell people this. You know, uh, whatever comes of our conversations that we have, uh, you honestly like if you have a video you want to send me of you lifting, or if you have a question, send it to me. Right. Yeah. If I open it up, I will quickly look at it and send you a very quick tip or cue on what I believe. Cool. Now, if, if you're sending me video and video and question and question after question, I might not get to you as yeah. frequently. Yeah. But look, if you got something that you just need quick answer, please send it to me. I'm more than happy to do it. Um, I love helping yeah. people. So um, if you're out there listening, you know, take advantage of it. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, again, appreciate the time. It's been a great chat. Best of luck with the rest of the season. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this episode of Healthspan Academy, and we'll see you next time. Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much for supporting this channel. This has been a fun project. We are growing in viewership every single week, and we obviously couldn't do that without you. So thank you for continuing to tune in. I really hope you're getting value out of the, the programming and the content. Just wanted to give you a heads up. I've been working on a, a book on health and longevity the last couple of years. been collaborating with my colleague, Dr. Dan Vitale, who's uh, an expert in the field as well. And we, we've basically just kind of summarized the literature, some of the techniques that we found really useful in the world of biohacking, what our exercise regimen looks like, what's, you know, cardio type stuff is going to help us live longer and healthier, a mobility work, nutrition. We've covered the whole spectrum, everything that you can basically be in control of in your health and fitness kind of moving forward to help you live as healthily as possible for as long as possible. And it's available free for download. So if you click on the YouTube banner, you'll see a link to download the, the blueprint. It's also on our Instagram profile or on the website. You can click on fivepillarmethod.com slash optimize to get your free copy of the book. And I hope you enjoy it. Hope you're keeping well. Thanks again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.